Well, hello, it's season five, and we are super excited that you are here as we dig into one of my favorite subjects. This season, we will be chatting with some amazingly smart and influential people in and around the arts and entertainment industry about something I like to call the inner critic. Who is this mean voice that constantly tries to stop us? And how do we confront it and kick it out of our way? From therapists to deliverance ministers to fashion icons and entrepreneurial geniuses, we are going to talk about that inner voice that wants to stop our creative passions and hinder our ability to shift culture. Head on over to my website, lindsaymorgan.co, and use the promo code LOVE for 50% off the Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass. And now, let's get to that conversation with this week's incredible guests about their journey with The Inner Critic. Happy Podcast Tuesday, everyone. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited to be with you today. I am excited about our topics. Yes, I said topics. We have two topics today. Uh, We're going to be talking about imposter syndrome, and we are going to be talking about self-sabotage. So in context of this season, we've been talking about the inner critic. And the way I explain the inner critic is it's kind of like the umbrella of all these other things that are talked about when it comes to our mind and, and just like our emotions and our will and how we break through and like do what we want to do what we want to do, do what we're called to do, do what God's put on our heart to do, and how sometimes we get held back by a lot of different things. There's a lot of things. And sometimes it gets overwhelming to think, well, how do I get over fear? How do I get over jealousy? Or how do I get over this or this or this or this or this? And you can constantly feel like you're trying to fix yourself. That's what I did for years. And so I was sitting uh, in a recovery meeting and I knew I struggled with codependency. Um, in that I wanted to usually fix people or myself. And I knew I wanted to fix people. It's kind of my favorite, um, which is actually not really healthy and, uh, <laughs> help people. Yes. Fix people. No. Um, and it's a very fine line, but I was sitting in a recovery meeting and the Lord clearly said to me, Lindsay, your tendency to your tendency to want to your, your codependent tendency actually is kind of coming back on you because you constantly want to fix yourself. And I didn't really know that that wanting to fix myself was because there were still some like self-hating tendencies inside of me that I, I knew were there and I wanted to fix them so that I think I could fully love myself or accept myself. Right. So that's never good. Um, so the kindness of God Uh, he showed me that and he's so kind when he shows us things, right? He doesn't like yell at us and he's like, you're an idiot. You know, (laughs) you've been doing this for 10 years. Like that's not God. He is very kind and gentle and he'll just be like, Hey honey. Um, so (laughs) that's what he did to me. Uh, I say all of that because he started to show me like, you know, I used to fight each one of these things. I fight fear for so many years, you know, which was a good fight, you know, and then fight this and fight that. And then, oh, this, someone else comes up with another imposter syndrome. You know, somebody comes up with another thing and another thing. And it's just like, you're just your whole life trying to fix yourself, your whole life trying to battle these little whack-a-moles that keep popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up, you know? And I finally um, 
actually it was the woman who helped me write my book. Uh, she actually came up with my tagline. I didn't know what the name of my book was supposed to be. I thought of a million uh, book titles before I finally felt the Lord say, hey, can you trust me that I'll give it to you when it's time? And, you know, that's hard. It's easy to say to trust God, but like when he asks you to trust him about something, it's like, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, and I know you guys have all had that in different ways. Um, and so that was kind of a small way, but still it was very real. And I, so I, <clears throat> so in this one moment, I was on a mission trip actually in Seattle at the Seattle Revival Center during ministry school. And, uh, I remember being in the basement of this church and there was a situation where I felt very like unseen or unchosen. And it was just like a very general thing. It was kind of simple, but God will use the simple things to really get to like our hearts about subjects that he wants to free us from. And so, or maybe strongholds or, you know, whatever that is inside, that's kind of not letting you move forward in your life, but you might not even know, uh, he'll use circumstances to help you get free from that. And, um, there was like a small circumstance that happened. It was like super simple, but I felt very unchosen unseen and I just could feel the battle inside. And all of a sudden, um, I just felt like God said to me, will you let me, will you let my love in? That's what he said. And I, and I just was like, I don't know. I just had this kind of like reaction of like, what, you know? And, and I remember going into this like little corridor I guess it was like a stairwell and I saw this huge cross like it was massively tall this huge cross right in front of me and I don't see like open visions very often I don't know if I ever have this was like a very extreme one but like I saw this huge cross in front of me and I saw Jesus hanging on it bleeding and he's like I did this for you I did this because I love you and like I could not and but it's almost like it wouldn't come in like it wouldn't I wouldn't let it in. Like I couldn't accept the fact that like this man who is God, like literally died on a cross, a very painful death, literally for Lindsay, you know, like I could, I could see, oh, this is for the world. I get it. Everyone's so hurt and I'm fine. Everyone else. That's what codependency can be. And that was my version, but, um, I'm fine. What about everyone else? You know, it's kind of a nightmare. And, uh, and, and, but Jesus wanted me to know, no, I literally died for you, Lindsay, you, like you, will you let, like, that is love when someone sacrifices to that extreme place, you know, like that is the most extreme like version of love, which is humans. Honestly, we don't even know how to do. Um, it's not actually possible to do what Jesus did for us. That would be completely impossible actually. Um, but it was like, the Lord was like, can you, can you let that depth of sacrifice, can you let that depth of love in, in Lindsay, you know, and, and it was hard. It was like, there was something trying to keep it out, you know, but it was so overwhelming. And I was crying, 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 crying. Ooh, like hyperventilating, crying, you know, and so it was quite a very uh, intense experience. And in that, in that moment, or I don't know if it was right after that or what the Lord's like, the book's called letting love in. That's the problem is people don't know how to let love in, you know, whether it be of other people, of themselves a lot of times, or of me. And, you know, I say this all the time, but uh, we love because he first loved us. In First John, it says, we love because he first loved us. So if we don't receive his love, we can't love him back. And that's the first commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. So for me, it was this long process, this like 10 year journey of like learning to first, like let God's love in. And it was like, he, he kind of showed me that for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Then I had that like very extreme experience. It was kind of like the cap on it, I guess, or not the cap, but like maybe the last, the final straw or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, it's like, I'd been letting, I'd been cultivating the, the love relationship with the father for a good 10 years before that and had very intimate, close relationship with the father, but Jesus was a little bit of a different story. And I can go into that later, another podcast, but, um, but that was a very clear experience with Jesus. And, um, yeah, that was about four years ago. I say all of that, I really didn't plan to tell that story, but I pray before I get on these, these, I prepare, I pray, and then I just come on and let the Lord take over. And that's must be what I wanted to talk about. So um, I say all that to say is then after that journey, you know, a few more circumstances happened where I realized I didn't love myself. And I was kind of good at loving other people, but I kind of loved them because it was a duty. You know, I thought I was supposed to, like, I want to be a good Christian, you know what I mean? And I did truly love people, but I didn't know how to love myself. So it was still like out of balance, you know, it still was not in alignment. It was out of alignment. And the Bible talks a lot about alignment. And so God had to keep on working with me to get things back into alignment. So I say all that because I was talking about how my mentor is the one who, who actually came up with the subtitle of my book. Um, you know, she had read it, I had written it, she had read it and, you know, helped me with it. And, and in her eyes, she's like, well, this is what you're talking about, Lindsay. You're talking about helping people renew the relationship with God, renew the relationship with themselves and, and, and really crush the inner critic. And I, I didn't come up with that term. She did. Um, But I thought, wow, that's interesting. She calls it the inner critic because the book is about the 10 lies that keep us from love. So I talk about, you know, the lie of rejection, the lie of abandonment, the lie of unworthiness, the lie of fear, the lie of worry, all these different lies that keep us from love, that keep us from receiving love. And if we can't, we can't give something that we can't receive. I've learned, you know, again, I used to try, I used to do it. It was looking great. So, um, yeah, so learning to undo those lies so that I could receive love, which then would crush the inner critic. And so that's kind of where this is all born from this like inner critical voice. And, and instead of like whack-a-moleing, like I used to do whack-a-mole rejection, whack-a-mole unworthiness, whack-a-mole imposter syndrome. What's the new thing? Whack-a-mole self-sabotage. What's the new thing? Whack-a-mole this. You know, it's like, you just feel like you're constantly like trying to fix yourself, you know, or we can lean to the other side where it's like, I don't need to fix anything. Like Jesus fixes everything. And actually Jesus does, but he likes us to co-labor with him, you know? And so there are some times that he, he wants us to, you know, learn something and, and obey him in that way. So, you know, you guys are going to have your different beliefs and thoughts on that. But today we're going to talk about the two inner critical voices of imposter syndrome and uh, self-sabotage. And the reason I put them underneath this umbrella is because in my course, Crushing the Inner Critic, it's a very simple, very practical way on how to hear God's voice, on how to cultivate that love relationship with God, how to bring all of your ouchies moment by moment, day by day to God, all of your feelings to God, like David did in the Psalms and, and learn to process all that stuff with God so that 
you can shut the whole conglomerate down. You can, you can shut the whole inner critic down and you don't have to try to whack-a-mole all the different little new imposter syndrome, this, that, self-sabotage, you know, that just gets exhausting. And it's kind of a ploy of the enemy. He's like, I'm just going to keep these people busy, you know, trying to fix themselves and it's going to just keep them spinning in a circle. It'll keep them from what God has for them. You know, it'll keep them from being able to receive love and give love and love themselves. Like he's, you know, he's not creative, but he's crafty, right? Doesn't the Bible say he's crafty? Unfortunately, I think it says that. So I know we don't like to think about it, but it's still true. So, um, okay, let's start with imposter syndrome. Um, imposter syndrome is when the inner critic says this to you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to want to be an actor? Who do you think you are to write a script? Who do you think you are that that guy would like you? Who do you think you are? Fill in the freaking blank. You know what I mean? It's, it's always, it's questioning. It's questioning your worth. It's questioning your worth around a certain subject. I'm turning the page. Um, it's, it's which then affects your belief in yourself around that, right? It's questioning your worth. You're not worthy of being an actress. So it's questioning your worthiness of being an actress or, or again, for me, a lot of times it was around romantic love. So who do you think you are? That guy would never like you, Lindsay you know, is questioning my worth around a certain kind of guy liking me. Um, and then what it does is it affects your ability to move forward in whatever it is. And, and then what I found so interesting when I was talking about this with God was that self-sabotage is when the inner critic says to you, you could never do that. You could never, ever become an actress. I keep using that as an example. I live in Hollywood. So, you know, I'm around, I'm very creative. I'm around a lot of creatives. So um, I like to speak about it from that point. Of course it can go anywhere, but that's more of the context that I understand. Um, you could never write that script. So let's hear the difference between the voices. Who do you think you are to want to be an actress? Self-sabotage says you could never be an actress. So the, the, it's just a slight difference. And here's what the Lord showed me that I was like, what? That's amazing, God. He said, self-sabotage is when you agree with the imposter syndrome. So self-sabotage is when you agree with what imposter syndrome is telling you. So imposter syndrome, remember, is saying, who do you think you are? And if you agree with that, like, oh yeah, who do I think I am? Like that guy would never like me, or I couldn't be an actress, or I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not good enough for that. You, when you agree with that, that's where self-sabotage comes in. So it's kind of like a one-two punch, you know what I mean? And the other thing that uh, I felt like the Lord is showing me about this is a symptom. So Self-sabotage reveals that you is a symptom of self-hatred. And I know we don't all like to talk about self-hatred. Now, I've been talking about self-hatred for 
a long, 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 long time. And I felt like a crazy woman because I felt like no one really understood what I was saying. And that's probably my fault, not yours. But I hear it more now. And it might just be because my iPhone listens to me. You know what I mean? So it feeds me more of what I talk about. That could totally be it. (laughs) But I do see people talking about it now, which I'm like, yes, (laughs) expose it. Because we know it's very simple, actually. It's very simple, right? What's the opposite of hate? Love, right? And so if we struggle with self-hatred, which in my research, nine out of 10 women struggle with this without knowing it. Um, I've had many friends who've come back to me later, who've like seen my stuff on social media and thought, well, I don't know what they thought, but I just assume they're like, she's crazy. And then they come back to me later and they're like, you know what? God told me I had some self-hatred <laughs> and I'm not like shaming them. I'm just like, okay, cool, God, (laughs) because you told me to talk about this, but I don't know if anybody wants to talk about it. So um, I love that, that God, you know, he knows why he wants you to talk about something. He knows why he wants you to do something and he knows who it's supposed to help. And you don't ask questions or even sometimes look at your numbers. You just do what he says, because it's really about pleasing him. And, um, you know, he knows in heaven, like what, what he had set out for us to do before, before time began. So being faithful with the small is always important. So, you know, I don't know that I'm supposed to help a gazillion people with that exact subject, but he wanted me to talk about it. So I've been talking about it. Um, so let me say it again, though. So when, when we have self-sabotaging tendencies, when, when we can kind of see ourselves sabotaging ourselves, you know, um, by like just telling ourselves you could never do that, you could never do that. Like you could never do that. You're not good enough for that. You're not pretty enough for that. Like, it's like you're, it's like the thoughts coming, the inner critic saying that and you're agreeing with it. And then that's going to start outworking that kind of sabotage. Cause you actually don't believe you actually don't believe that you could do that. So you're not going to allow yourself to do it. And if you have that, it's, it's a symptom of a deeper issue, which is self-hatred. And again, um, the solution to self-hatred is self-love. And, you know, I, again, see more Christians talking about self-love, which I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But I think the enemy has the Christian culture very, um, very, uh, what do I say? Very, um, I don't know, just kind of afraid of self-love because they think it's selfish. And so of course, and that just keeps people stuck in self-hatred and it keeps them sabotaging themselves, sabotaging their calling, their career, their family, their possible future marriage. I mean, it's just happened to me. So I've just learned kind of through experience. Um, And the enemy is always trying to keep us down. Now we know like he might win a couple battles as one of my favorite fathers of the faith says, but he doesn't win the war. So yeah, he's nothing to be like focused on because we can over-focus on him. But we also, the Bible says, be aware of his schemes, you know, so that we can like, be like, I see you get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I know who that is, or I'm feeling crazy today, but like the next day you're fine. And it's like, I think that was probably the enemy, you know? And so anyway, that's just a good way of, of seeing that. Um, So the battle is always in our mind, which we've talked about before. And so if we think that self-love as Christians is selfish, then we're going to stay stuck in self-hatred and it's just going to sabotage a lot of things. So 
it's, you know, it's very important to learn to love ourselves as we love our neighbor, but we can't love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. We just can't. You can't give something away that you don't have, or you can until you go broke. Does that make sense? Has anyone ever done this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you could give away love until you're broke, until you've literally like, till you're literally broke because you've given away everything without receiving it, meaning receiving it from the source, not from other people per se, but from the source and other people aren't perfect and God is perfect. And so the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, right? And so fear is, you know, really one of our also biggest problems in, in this world. And, you know, it's only God's perfect love. that's going to cast that out. So it is this like very simple, but I see often not practice like, like little scenario going on. And, um, and that's why I, uh, wrote the, the class receiving the father's love. I have two courses online. Uh, they've been on sale for a long time, really, really cheap. Actually, the prices will go up next week. So if you have any interest in these two subjects, I would grab these courses. I think the receiving the father's love is like $50, the crushing the inner critic 75 right now, just until next Tuesday. So, um, if you can, and you want to work on this, you want to co-labor with God on some of these things, I would go to my website, lindsaymorgan.co, um, and grab those courses. But, um, I tried to make them super affordable because, uh, yeah, I, I like to help people, <laughs> but, um, but receiving the father's love is going to talk all about how to do that, how to kind of start that process. Cause we can know something, we can hear something, but we can be like, okay, but like, I don't know how to do that, you know? And, and it's kind of simple actually, but I find that this, this way that God's shown me to do it, uh, gets people crazy results. And I'm, I love it. It's like amazing to me, to be honest, because I'm like, whoa, it's crazy. I thought everyone kind of knew how to do this process and they don't. And it's just a different way of connecting with God and creating like an intimate, more, a more intimate relationship, being able to literally talk and hear back from him and create a dialogue with him around like, feelings and connection and love um, so that you can really experience his love on the like moment by moment day to day. You know, like I know a lot of us love to go to worship nights and the presence of God is so powerful and corporate presence is so important, but personal intimate connection is also just as important. And if not in a way more, if I can say, because you have it 24 seven corporate worship is only when corporate worship is going on. You know, I used to be the girl, I kind of say, I still am the girl that like runs around to like a different Bible study or worship night every night of the week, you know, cause I just, I do, I love God. I love, I love his word. I love his presence. I love everything about him. So, you know, I just zoom around and go to all the things and I still do that. And I live in big cities. So there is always things, but there's something that you can do without all that. There's something you could do if you were in like the you know, middle of the desert and I don't know, wherever there's deserts, you know, um, you could do this. You could, you could connect with God in a very, very intimate way that you will feel his love. Just you, just you and God. And I've probably said this before, but it's for me, it's been a way that I have never felt lonely in my whole life. 
and I'm a high, high extrovert, seven on the Enneagram, like ENFP. I mean, like someone who loves people. I just get super energized by people, but because God taught me this, this, I call it a scripting, like a, I call it the scripting format, um, or the scripting method because God taught me this, I've never felt lonely because I felt him so close at all times through this, this, that he's shown me. And that's what I teach in my courses, both of them actually. So if you feel like, Oh, I struggle a little bit more with like the inner critic or just these thoughts or the whack-a-mole thing really kind of, you know, makes sense to me when he talks about that, she talks about the whack-a-mole. It's always like, I'm trying to fight fear. I'm trying to fight shame. And I'm trying to fight imposters in our, you know, if you feel like you're whack-a-moleing, I would recommend the crushing your inner critic, but let me tell you in crushing the inner critic, I'm teaching you the scripting method. So you're going to get what I was just talking about, that intimate connection with God and how to process all of that stuff with him. If more, if you were more like, what is she, like, I like what she's talking about the whole love thing, like, you know, perfect love or he, we love because he first loved us and, you know, um, we love him back and then he loves us and we love ourselves and we love others. Like that whole thing was kind of interesting to me, but I don't know how to connect to that. I don't know how to do that. That's what receiving the father's love is about. It's about teaching you how to literally do the first part of that, which the rest of it will be kind of easy, but it's that first part. It's that receiving his love part that I think we miss a lot. You know, we're really good at being like, love God, love people. You know, I hear that so often. <laughs> like every, everyone says that. And I'm like, yes, and love yourself. That's what the Bible says, you know? And uh, I'm always like, we're leaving a part out, everyone. So, you know, that's really important. And, um, and there's, yes, there's a way to, to love yourself in a biblical way that isn't like selfish and narcissistic or whatever. And then there's like a weird way to self-love that is not as, you know, healthy. So, you know, obviously I'm talking about the healthy, balanced self-love that allows you to just, I used to call it the circumference of love that allows you to let the circle of love kind of operate in your life where it's like, he's loving you. You're loving him back. You're loving yourself. You're loving others. Like it's this kind of circle of love. And, um, so if that is kind of sticking out to you and you're like, that's cool lens. And you know, maybe you're getting revelation now and you're like, I'm going to need your course girl. But if you're like, um, that's cool lens. Like I want to know more, you know, like I would suggest those courses. Like I've gotten crazy feedback on these courses. Like, honestly, I'm a little shocked, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Thanks God. You know, they're really helping people. So, uh, they're on sale till next Tuesday. Um, the promo code is love. Of course, what else would it be? Um, so I suggest grabbing those. And then if not, they'll still be up. Those be a little bit more expensive than that. But, um, but I wanted to give people a chance. I think they've been on sale for a good, like three, four months. So if you listen to this podcast, you've had lots of time. Um, so anyway, but I love you guys and I want to go ahead and pray us out. So heavenly father, it's amazing that you call yourself our father and that you knew that we would all need a perfect father who also is love, who literally tells us in his word that he is love, that he didn't create love, that he's not the best love, that he is love. That is so kind of crazy and amazing. And we don't understand, but we're so glad that it's true. And so father, I pray for my friends and myself that we would just 
walk forward in all the good things you have for us, Lord, that we wouldn't sabotage the good things you have for us, that we wouldn't like not receive what you have for us, um, that you would fix our receivers. I know you had to do that for me. You had to fix my receiver, God. And so I thank you that you are so powerful and you know how each one of us need to do that. Some of us are just going to have a miracle happen and our receiver is going to be fixed. Some of us are going to need a little more teaching on it, Lord. Some of us might need other things, but you know, you know, each person needs. So I just pray you lead each person individually. So personally, like you do, because that's, what's amazing about you. You're a personal God and you love us and you want a relationship with us. That's your main thing, God. Your main thing isn't even our dreams coming through. Your main thing is a relationship with us, God. So that's what we want to, um, because it's the best thing. It's the best thing, even in the most crazy circumstances, having a relationship with you is better than, I think the song goes, it's better than ice cream. It's better than everything, God. So I thank you for who you are and what you do, God and who yeah just who you are even more than what you do but we also thank you for what you do because we know you do miracles so we thank you for all of this and i pray this all in your precious name jesus amen amen guys bless you see you next week well 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 wasn't that interesting we can't wait until next week don't forget to grab Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass at lindsaymorgan.co and use the promo code LOVE to get 50% off. This was recorded at New Vine Music in Santa Monica, California. We would like to thank Leonardo Antonori for producing this track. To learn more about them or to license original music for your next project, go to newvinemusic.com.